The following audio is from Cross Life Church in Tampa, Florida. We are a church that exists to help people find Christ, their place in the body, and their mission to the world. Our calling is to raise leaders and plant churches. So if you live in the Hudson area or near Wesley Chapel, you can also check us out at one of our other locations. For more information, visit us at crosslife.net. It's good to see you. I'm doing really well. Getting back to normal, except my accessories, you know. I got my motorcycle glove because that's cool. But uh, thank you all for your prayers and encouragement and support. Uh, greatly appreciated. Uh, Denise, she got called into work, which is kind of rare. I got it. Yeah, I'm just talented. I got skills. The doctor released me to do stuff. So that really helps me, but Nurse Ratchet is really... <laughs> That's going to get back to her, isn't it? I'm kind of afraid that might get back to her. Dominic, don't even think about texting my wife. <laughs> uh, I was on a conference call with some of our leaders, and uh, I made, how you doing? I said, well, Nurse Ratchet won't let me do anything. And they, they go, your wife's the nurse, right? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that if I were you. Your care might go down. But, yeah. I got to wear this for about another six weeks when I'm out and about doing stuff. And Denise said, are you going to wear your neck brace when you go to church? I said, probably not. I said, I'm just going to sit and preach. She says, you never sit and preach. So I think, I think you need to wear it. So anyway, there's a number of families that aren't here because they're sick. So I know Carmen and her family, and I know Kobe and his family. Anybody else? family that's out, that's sick, that we just need to lift up in prayer this morning. Yes, your family. Family member. You need some prayer. Uh, Let's just, uh, let's start this morning this way. Father, we are grateful to be called your children. Uh, Just for a moment, if we could muse the memory of when we weren't yours. And we could think about the times you revealed yourself to us to make yourself known to us. So as many times that you do it in quietness and sometimes in desperate need and some kind, sometimes just out of the blue, you, you reveal yourself to us. We sense your presence and we are grateful for that. And Father, we know that you know us. We know that you love us. And we know that when we pray, you hear us. So we are asking, Father, there are just a number of families that are gone, that are out, that are sick, people that are hurting, and uh, our families, we're asking that uh, you would do what only you can do. You move through our prayers. And so we're lifting them up this morning, God to bring healing, God to bring comfort, as only you can do into the hearts and lives of those who love you. So we're... uh, we're just looking to you. We're asking these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I sent out an email saying that we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 this morning. Are the kids going back? Rosemary's going back. She's the first kid to go back. <clears throat> Ephesians 2.10. So if you have your Bibles... Turn there. Uh, 
So again, just to recap, you know, this year we've been looking at uh, the question, how then should we live as believers in our current culture? And how many know that today, compared to five, ten years ago, our culture is very different? Our world is really very different in so many ways. So how are we supposed to live as believers in our current culture? And we talked, uh, we started off with our, our mission statement and what God, we believe, called, called us to do. And we've talked about being ambassadors, you know, representatives of the king and the kingdom of God. We talked about what that looks like, that we're to be reconcilers. We're, we are the ones that God has changed our life in order that we could be a testimony to others so that they could see the reflection of who Christ is and the goodness of God in our life, that they could be changed as well. We're kind of like standing in the middle saying, and no, God loves you, but this is what that looks like. And we're looking at the world and we're trying to explain that to them. And then this last course of discussion, we've been talking about, uh, okay, what does it mean to be a disciple? So if the Great Commission is that we're supposed to go into all the world and make disciples, what, it is, what is a disciple? And then we talk some about discipleship, this idea of what does it look like for us to help others see what following Jesus looks like? Because I can tell you right now in our culture today, there's, there's not a lot going out about this is what that looks like. Uh, denominations as as whole as a whole are letting go of some of the things that God is going whoa 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 if we could just see him he's going yeah no 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 that is not what I said that is not what I meant you are not reading that correctly it's kind of like when Jesus showed up on the scene remember he goes to the uh, he, he said to the Pharisees and the Sadducees he says you do not understand the word correctly you are misinformed about that. And so this idea about discipleship. And so this morning I want us to kind of, in that thought of discipleship that we're going to kind of roll into, look at Ephesians 2.10 as we think about those things. So let's, let's do this. Uh, I got a mic here and I'll just, how many, uh, let's, who, who wants to read Ephesians 2.10 for us? And then tell the translation you're reading it out of. And then I'd like for someone else to read it out of a different translation. Maybe we've got two or three translations we could read it from. So who's got, who wants to read it this morning from whatever translation they have? Let me give you the mic. So this, I'm a runner. I can do stuff now. I want someone in the right front to go next. little movement. Okay, this is out of the NIV. <clears throat> for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Somebody else got a different translation? Raise your hand. You want to read? Okay. Joan? For, for we are his workmanship, created in Jesus, Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should talk in him. ESV. Okay. Somebody else got another translation? For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. Okay. I have, uh, <clears throat> I think it's, uh, it's called the, let me see, I wrote it down here. I think it was the Easy Read Translation. I like the way that this says it. It says, uh, God has made us what we are. 
in Christ Jesus, God made us new people so that we would spend our lives doing the good things he had, <clears throat> he had already planned for us to do. Now, I want us to just to talk about this just a little bit. I mean, this is simple, and then it's complicated in some ways. But, you know, the main things that this verse is talking about is that God made us. And, but God made us new people. And God made us new people to do good works. But it is the good works that he had. So if you look at the, I think his King James Version, it says that he had preordained for us to do. In other words, it's, all, it's as though that <clears throat> at some time in the past, God stood and he looked way down in time to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he determined here that people that were changed there would do particular things. Any comments? Any, anybody got any thoughts about that? God made us what we are, new people, to do good works, works that he had predetermined for us to do. Well, well two thoughts. First of all, it's pretty awesome to think that before we were even born, way before we were born, God had established the works that are to be done at that certain time, and then he has gotten each and every one of us, a new creation in Christ, to perform that work. And it kind of went through my mind as a uh, business owner. It's almost, and it's kind of a bad analogy, but that's all I can come up with, bad analogies. It's kind of, it's kind of like as a business owner, you have a brand new program that you've created, and you have to bring people in and train them to do that which you have already created. Okay. Somebody else? Got a thought? I'm standing in the back waiting for your hand to rise so I don't have to run all over. Somebody? Darcy? So this is the Amplified Version, and it has its own notes, so I'll just read them. For we are his workmanship, his own master work, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. Well, that's a lot. That's good stuff. Somebody else have any thoughts about any of this? Thinking about, so what hits you when, it, when you think about this idea? Not that, not that God made us what we are. We get that. Okay. That we're new people. Okay, we get that. That God wants us to do good works. Yeah, we get that. But what about this idea that these good works that he determined a long time ago that those who follow me, those are going to follow my son, those are going to believe in him. There are particular works that I have determined that they will do. Anybody? Particular works. At least it hits me that way. Particular works. Maybe even different than when God determined them. 
Because it doesn't say, it doesn't necessarily say that before the foundation of the earth, God determined them, but at some point in the past, God determined that this is what this is going to look like here. This is, what my, this is how my people are going to live here. Okay, just a second. Tom's not here to ask answer any questions. Well, I'm sitting there thinking, does that mean that what he has determined for us to do, we will actually do, or he prepared works for us to do that we might or might not do? So in other words, it's kind of like he knew we would do the work, so he prepared them, and we're going to definitely do them, or he has work for us to do, but we may not do everything he's asked us to do. I mean, it's kind of thinking. So Keith's saying that he's rebellious, <laughs> right? Is that what you're saying? Oof. Yeah, great question. Um, <clears throat> I'll whiteboard that and get back to you. No. Um, no, I, th I, I think that, um, you know, has prepared us to do, and there's works that he's prepared us to do. It's, okay, remember, it's his plan. It's his will. Um, so that means if it's his will and the plan is his, that the end, right, is what he says it's going to be to get to that plan and the fruition of that plan. Um, I will talk, you know, Esther is a great example, right? I love that line of, you know, for such a time as this, if not you, who, right? Because God had made a promise that this people would be saved. And Esther balks at, uh, I'm not going in there to do that. Well, God's, and her uncle's like, fine, somebody else will. Because his plan is going to be fulfilled, right? I, I think what's important is that, you know, that's what's hurting. <laughs> that's what hurts me when I look at my own life and go, am I doing what he wants me to do? When I'm hearing those words, am I going, yeah, I got this? Or am I going, yeah, I don't want to do that. And, you know, or when my, the angel on my shoulder, which is, sitting to my right, says, you know, you should be doing this. Uh, I don't want to do that, you know. Um, that, that's where, but it's going to be done. W whatever is going to be done is going to be done. He's not going to not let it get done. Uh -oh. <laughs> and thinking about what Keith said and what he said, I was thinking before was, how you know, I always remind myself, to say yes, because there's so many good works to do. There's so many, there's so many routes we could take. There's so many things offered that we could say yes to, but there's something that God has given to me personally. And the key is to say yes when it comes. And because he brings it, you know, like I struggle sometimes with, oh, that's a good route. Oh, that's a good route. We should do this. Oh, that's important, you know, issue. We should be involved in that and here and there. And we could be chasing after the wind and not in God's will. He has a particular work for us. And the key is when he brings it to say yes. And that's the tricky part. <laughs> Well, I think that the, the question that Keith has, uh, I think the answer really is yes to both of them. Um, and I think the reason why is because we as humans tend to look at things as an either or type of situation. Uh, 
um, God's will will be done, whether we're rebellious or not. I mean, you think about Job. We were talking about Job the other day, and or not Job, uh, Jonah, and you know how he was disobedient, but then he was obedient, begrudgingly obedient, and God's will will be done one way or the other, like other people have said. But I think we have a a tendency to uh, think about these things as it has to be one way, one or the other, instead of both. And we were talking on Friday about these good works and what the good works possibly are. And I was talking about how this is really two sides of the same coin. There's, there are some works that all of us are called to as Christians. And as long as you are uh, developing in your relationship with the Lord, uh, there's going to be things that happen, good works that happen. Uh, I, I know that there's a lot of times where things will happen in my family and it's not even necessarily me making a conscious effort or Darcy making a conscious effort to do something, but the good work comes out of just us being in relationship with Jesus and being changed by, by him day, one day at a, at a time. So there are some works that all of us are called to. And uh, as we mature and grow in Christ, we almost sometimes by accident, not even really paying attention to it, perform these good works that he is really the one performing through us. It's not us. Cause I got to tell you, like, I'm, I'm not patient. I'm not kind. She said yes. Your wife said it's, it's true. It's true. But <laughs> no, it's true. But with Christ, I have my moments where I'm patient and I have my moments where I'm kind. Yeah. Sometimes a lot more, but you know, and you know, the, there's some things that just happen where like, I don't know about anybody else, but you get put in a situation and you behave a specific way. And then afterwards you're like, I can't even believe that I handled it the way I did because that's not really like me. Cause I'm talking about me and my flesh. Me and my flesh is not calm in this situation, but me with Jesus is a whole different story. So I think we have to think about that. And then there's other works where it's like you, you really have to be listening to hear the voice of the Lord about a specific work that he has designed you to do. So there's, there's really two different sides to it. It's good stuff. You know, I think that uh, there's the, I like what he said, there's stuff that we know we should be doing. And kind of as you go, we, we kind of know these are things we should do. But sometimes there are moments we get to certain moments and God says, now do that. And so the, you, when you think about uh, this idea of discipleship and helping others learn, at the same time, there's some things we've learned and some things we haven't. There's some things that we have a good grip on, doing well, and others that are not so easy for us, Right. I like that uh, this, this idea that we were created to do good works. And this idea of created is God has brought us into existence in Christ for a particular purpose. And it is to do these good works. Now think about it. Man was created in the image of God. Now through Christ we're recreated. Because we understand in Genesis 1.26 it said God made man in his own image, male and female, he created them. So we're created in the image of God. But how many of you before you were believers didn't reflect that creation that God had intended? 
So there was this original and intended purpose for us as humanity. Now in Christ, God has recreated us to be this new people that he has intended. And, and I like this because when you look at Ephesians 2.10, you really kind of need to jump up to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, and you've got to kind of see the flow of it. I think somebody on Friday brought up this idea that, you know, we were dead in our trespasses and sins, right? We lived in a particular way, but now in Christ, we've been made new because of God's grace on our life. And then in verse 8 and 9, he says, now, you, you need to understand something about all that. You didn't do that. Verse 8 and 9 speak about this has all been made possible not because of what you've done, but because of God's gift of grace. See, because of God's gift of grace, he's made us who we are in Christ Jesus. He's made us new people so that we would spend our lives doing the good things he had already planned for us to do. So in some ways, this is simple. In other ways, that maybe not so simple, right? So we understand this. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, uh, if anyone is in Christ, it's a new creature. The old has passed away. The new has come. You go, okay, I got that. I got that. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24 says that what we're supposed to do is put off our old self and we're to put on our new self, right? So verse 22 says that we need to lay aside our old life. Verse 24 over here says that we need to embrace the new one. But verse 23 is this key that we need to understand this continues to happen in our life, verse 23, as we allow the Holy Spirit to change the way we think and live. So verse 23 says, says this in this phrase, it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds. So there is something that is taking place in our life. And in some ways we say, okay, I get it. I get that it's a work of God in my life. I understand that. I understand that it's an inward thing that God is changing me in here, and that as he changes me in here, the way I live outwardly is very, reflects that. My life is different. And I like it because this idea of renewed has the, it really means to renovate. It means to restore or to repair to an original intent, original design. How many of you ever restored anything? You've taken something that's old, and it was all beat up, and I got friends that have restored motorcycles and cars, and they just get all the original parts, and they take all the junk out, and they put all the new parts in, and they clean and paint, and that baby looks like it's supposed to look, runs like it's supposed to run, right? So we get this idea about us. And so we understand the, this whole process that is involved in us. So we, we are being made new. We, have, we are partakers of this new life, this God life. Now, at times, I tried to think of a good 
phrase for this. At times, that's like trying to nail jello to a wall. Now, here's what that phrase means, nailing jello to the wall. It means trying to give exact details for something that is not possible to know about exactly. Let me just rephrase that because this just, this helps me. It's like trying to give exact details for something that it is not possible to know about exactly. Okay, now let's just take a trip down memory lane with a lot of the people that God had called to fulfill his purposes. How many knew exactly what they were going to do and how was it exactly going to turn out? So there's what we... What we've been, and I, uh, I think about this, Spirit of God, there, there, there's, the Holy Spirit has helped us see certain things, and we feel like we've got a good grip on them. So for me, there, there are just things that when I became a believer, I felt like I just knew, and then I got down the road a little bit, and I thought, yeah, I probably need to know that better. And so we are in this process. As we go, we are learning and growing. There's things that... Uh, I was talking to uh, uh, Allie about forgiveness and this idea that, yeah, you can make this decision here that I'm going to forgive this person for this offense, but when we get down here and we encounter that person again, we are faced with the same emotions and uh, that stuff kind of wells up in us. At this point, we've got to remember back there that I made a choice and I'm going to continue to choose to forgive so that I can move on. And so we're going to continue to learn. I've said it so many times about 10 years in of my Christian life, I felt like if you could put an analogy, I felt like it was just a pencil, pencil drawing of, of God's kingdom and his plan and his purpose. About 10 years in, all, the, all of a sudden the Lord started putting color to it started shading. And it was like these simple truths that I knew, I began to see them in a, in a very, a, a, a deeper way, a, a, a fuller way. And, and, and that happened as I began to just keep practicing what I knew I was supposed to be able to do or God wanted me to do. So I love this, that we're not going to know exactly if I said to you, uh, you're to love your neighbor. Tell me exactly what that means. You could throw out some stuff, but not all of it. You're not because you're not going to know exactly what God is going to how to, how God is going to ask you to love your neighbor. So, the stuff we know and the stuff that we're going to learn, <laughs> like that, because we are going to learn some stuff, right? I like uh, Colossians chapter three verses nine and ten where it says, put off the old self with its practices, saying, you know, he's same thing here in Ephesians chapter 22, verses 24, and put on the new self. This is a key, which is being renewed, which is be, being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So what is happening in our life is our life is constantly being renewed. It's not like, I decided to be a believer. Now I know everything and I got it. No, I'm constantly learning 
what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. I am continually being renewed. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty happy about that. Although at times I don't particularly like it because I have to keep shifting. I have to keep shedding my old life. I have to keep walking away from my old life. It's not, the Bible doesn't say he that walked away from his own life has found a new life, period. No, you're walking out of one into another. So there's this constant process that we got to keep going through. So when we're thinking about this idea of here, I'm supposed to be a representative of the king and the kingdom. And am I going to know exactly all the time what that looks like? No, but I got some, I got some road signs, but I will learn what that means because God will help me in those moments. And, and I get to think about it. Uh, you know, you have this crisis of salvation. You realize that you need to be a believer. You understand that you're lost. And so you come to that point where you receive Christ. Now you're in this process of learning what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And if this is like, uh, I run into people occasionally that it's, uh, it's like they maybe got their ticket punched. But this is a lifelong goal. So, you know, Fred, how long have you been saved? He's noticed he's not, talk, he's not going to share his age now after that. <laughs> so it's been a while, right? But they're, they're in Fred's life, just like all of our lives, no matter how long you've been a believer, there is this renewing process that is taking place in your life. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I don't, God's not content where you are right now, Fred. He wants more out of your life. God's not content where I am right now. Because there's more, he wants more out of my life. So it's not, it's not a, it's not a, it's this lifelong process. It's not until I think I'm good enough process that's going on in our life. And that's one of the reasons why as we continue to engage the scripture, it keeps talking to us. It keeps helping us see, yeah, 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 you probably need to do better at that. I, and I think it's kind of like uh, David, Psalms chapter 51. I love this prayer. It says, you know, the one is creating me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation and sustain me by giving me a willing spirit. So here's David in his life. All his heart after God got into a place, and he, has, he is not where he needs to be. I think it's, uh, I don't know if I took it out of the Passion Translation, but it says it this way, this way. Let my passion for life be restored. Man, I, that's a prayer of mine a lot. Let my passion for life, for your life in me to be restored. Tasting joy in every breakthrough you, that you bring me to. Hold me close to you with a willing spirit that obeys whatever you say. Recreated, think about it, recreated in Christ Jesus to do good works. This idea of good works, you know, the, this word good, it, there's two words for good uh, in, our, in, um, in our Bibles in the Greek New Testament. One is agathos and one is kalos. <clears throat> agathos, which this word is, means to be profitable, but in a particular way. Profitable, benefiting others. So these good works that God has called us to are profitable, 
but they're profitable in benefiting others. Where kalos just means good in nature, not necessarily that they benefit anyone. So God has called us to do works that benefit others. And, and a lot of times, the works that we do that benefit others, sometimes we don't even see. How many times have you been somewhere and done something and you had no idea what you did was a reflection that someone else saw what you did, which shifted them to see God in you, to see Christ in your life? And so I was listening to the messages, you know, while I was gone. And three weeks ago, uh, Covey uh, had a discussion. And uh, you guys were talking about discipleship. And I, I made a few notes concerning that, concerning good works. Ralph made this comment. He said, you're discipling others when you simply example out your life and you speak the truth. Whether they want to hear it or not, you're speaking the truth to others. You are shining your light. You're casting seeds. And the outcomes, only the Lord knows the outcomes of what that's going to look like. Larry talked about, you know, with, with uh, him and uh, Keith and just uh, exampling Christ's life to Keith. He said it was simply just showing kindness that made a difference in his life. Joan said that it was living life in God's word, just simply trying to live out what God has wanted us to do. And she was the one that said, this is like this long-term investment. So she got a prison ministry with 20 years, and it was over the long term that people would keep seeing, because it's really tricky to just in a moment of time talk to somebody and for them to understand. It's for them to see your life once, but a consistency of seeing a pattern in your life. And then Nelda, she made this comment. She said, it's really about <clears throat> living life in Christ, loving people, loving God, and having a good testimony. But what caught me was something that Covey said, and it's been said here already this morning. It's being willing to do what God wants you to do in the moment. See, sometimes the good works, the things that God is asking us to do, we know that we need to be kind and patient and loving. We know that we need to share with others what God has shared with us, those good things to help, help people see what G, who Jesus is and his plans and purposes. But sometimes in the moment, he's going to maybe ask you to do something. And he's not going to, how many of you ever had God go say, now, here's what's going to happen. You're going to get there. And this is what I want you to say to that person, because this is what I'm going to say to him through you, through that. And this is what it's going to do in his life. Anybody ever had them encounters? I haven't even read any of them, right? So that's not the reality. The reality is that God created us new people to live a particular way, but it was a live in a particular way for the benefit of others. So our lives matter. The way we live matters. So if we think about discipleship, the crux of it is our life in relationship with God matters because our life is supposed to reflect on others to help others learn and teach them and help them see Jesus. So again, I just keep coming back to this very simple principle is how are we doing at living this life out? So thinking about that, let's look at Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And I kind of want to end with these verses. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Let's do the same thing. Let's, uh, Keith, you, I think you read out of the NIV. Why don't you read uh, these two verses out of the NIV for us? 
Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's good. Joan, what did you read out of? ESV. You want to read that? I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Uh, who else read? Someone else read. Oh, Dominic. You read out of? NLT. NLT. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Boy, I like that. I have um, the Message Bible that I have a, as a translation for these verses that I thought was good because I think that w what do we need to get after or what do we need to get back to as believers living in this world? How are we going to live in this world? I think we've got to get back to some simple stuff. And it's just understanding that the world doesn't dominate and should not dominate the way we think or the way we live or the way we believe. But Christ in us, God's word to us, should be that standard in which we hold ourselves to, in which we pattern ourselves after. That's what we need to get after. I like uh, the Message Bible says it this way. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings... <coughs> the best out of you. God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. Father, that is so true. Uh, you know, our living contrary to the world around us doesn't mean that we're in a fight against them. We're in a fight for you. Swimming upstream just has this idea that you've called us for a particular thing. Being light in a darkness doesn't mean that it's our fight, it's yours. You just want us to shine. So sometimes I think it's, it's simpler than we think, 
and yet at the same time can get very complicated because we don't know exactly what you're going to do and we don't know exactly the outcome. But if we would just take our life and we would just lay it before you and that we would try to do what you want instead of all the other voices, it seems to me that we'll accomplish and become all that you've intended for our lives. So Father, I pray that you would just really, really sell that in our hearts. I think that as I'm standing here today, there's probably some things that I think that just I need to think differently about. There are some times I just think you should just wipe some people off, just, just erase them, and that is not your heart toward humanity. Not at this moment where the grace of God is over humanity. Your heart is to redeem and rescue. In my life, living my life the way you want my life to live makes a difference in that for each and every one of us. So just kind of keep nudging us, Spirit of God, to draw closer to you, to be more aware of our surroundings, to become more what you are wanting out of our lives. I'm asking in Jesus' name. Amen. Have an amazing week.